0: and as we walk into the eve of the nhl draft who would have thought it would have be taken place on october the 6th but uh this is uh this is gonna be just madness it's gonna be absolute chaos between this episode and the last episode there are a bunch of news rumors signings buyouts trades you name it it has all happened it is uh it's absolute madness let's just say the least episode 12 of the second thoughts podcast let's go Welcome into the Second Thoughts Podcast. I, my name is Kyle Grimard, your host. We are streaming on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And make sure to follow along too on Instagram and Twitter at Second Thoughts P. And, uh, you know, this was, I have to record today from, from my work as uh, I'm getting ready to move out of my house and. You know, my microphone's gotten taken up so actually the quality is going to sound better because we're recording out of a studio right now and funny enough too because we're recording out of a studio uh episode 12 in and we have our very first guest on the Second Thoughts podcast, Nelson Alexander, another individual that works over at the radio station here. Nelson, you're the uh, you're the first guest, man. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to do this with you. So this is going to be fun too, because I know you know we're both big avid hockey guys. You've been following along for some time, and this is I, I said this on the last episode after the Stanley Cup was given to Tampa Bay that this is this is where like. Things get super exciting. Like this is where all the trades happen, all the rumors, all these crazy, all these crazy situations are going to start to unfold. Because also too, because the cap is so is set at eighty one and a half million dollars, there's going to be some crazy things going on, man. I think we're going to see crazy, but I think we're going to see a lot of um, teams being conservative
1: as well, like teams looking to unload a lot of money and a lot of players. Um, maybe not as much in terms of the big free agent signings, but you you never know with these kind of
0: things. So we'll see. Yeah. I also think too, that a lot of these, these big free agent signings aren't going to make nearly the money they thought they were going to heading into free agency. So I'm very intrigued to see a who sets the bar and b what the bar is at. So going to be uh it's going to be fun we're going to have news revolving the uh vegas golden knights pittsburgh penguins a lot of small trades and signings too uh we'll, i want to get over to those quick before we get into some of the bigger deals uh the first uh news story that kind of went around is that edmonton oilers captain Connor mcdavid over um underwent a COVID 19 test earlier on monday and uh he did have a positive result however he said that he's been quarantining at home since the positive test he said that he has been feeling well and uh and hopefully he'll be uh be able to make a full recovery. That's from uh, TSN's Darren Drager. But uh, yeah, Connor McDavid. Hopefully, he's okay gets through COVID and uh, he'll be good obviously for the start of the uh, the 2020-2021 season. Uh, some small news and rumors to get around before we get into the big ones. Chicago Blackhawks trading Ole Matta to the uh, Los Angeles Kings in exchange for forward Brad Morrison. Uh, the Kings announced on Sunday Chicago's retaining about $750,000 of Ole Matta's $4.08 million salary. This is kind of more of a dump off for uh, for Chicago. Ole Matta, of course, over $4 million and Kings need some depth at the left-hand side, so that seems to out, work out pretty well. Uh, not a bad defenseman, I feel, but you know, a, a guy that I think will will be a good depth piece for the LA Kings. Just seeing too, uh, they the Kings need a team where they can they can just put NHL players on the ice, Nelson. And I just think that you know it's it's a good move. I think the Kings have some cap space to do it. Chicago's got to get rid of cap, and I think it just it was a match made in heaven.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think they need to just fill out that squad, like you said, with a little more NHL players on the ice. They have some good young prospects. They actually have a lot. I think they have a very good. Uh, selection pool of that so you know bringing in only Matt is, is it's on a pretty good deal I'd say you know especially with um, them retaining some of that salary so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be too mad about it if I
0: was Kings fans no, definitely not. Um some news if you're uh, Leafs fans is that they have side forwards Jason Spezza and Dennis Malgan to one year extensions at 700,000. dollars Spezza kind of the big one saying that, you know, he uh, he wanted to return back. He's glad to be back for a second uh, term and he said I definitely feel like I've got some game left and uh you know, they feel like they have a lot of unfinished business in uh, in Toronto. He had a, a career year. He actually was on a points pace that was uh, his best pace since twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, and Nelson. You know, you and I both Leaf fans here. This is this is this is what we wanted to see. We were afraid actually he was going to be making more money if he resigned.
1: Not only more money, like maybe he goes, maybe he decides to even go somewhere else. Yeah. I, I we always kind of knew that he wanted to stay in Toronto. I think he even said that. Uh, like he said, unfinished business too. So I, I just you know. I like the move. We were kind of just waiting on this news, really.
0: Yeah, I think so. And then Dennis Mulligan, 23 years of age. He's got 192 games under his belt. Uh, he's a former fourth-round pick. Uh, good depth piece for Toronto as well. So bring in the, bring in the depth back to the team, and uh, it's something that I think a lot of teams are going to need for the next season with, you know, who knows how COVID's going to going to unfold with, with all these, uh, with everything going into next season. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers News, defenseman Matt Niskanen informed the team Monday that he is announcing his retirement from hockey at the age of 33. Uh, he was formerly a 28th overall pick back in 2005 he won uh stanley cup with the washington capitals and uh you know just a a good all-around player always seemed to be a guy that you know filled a a really good like second pairing need for teams Mm -hmm. and uh you know i was uh i was never i was always like a fan of his and he really thrived i think the best when he was in washington where he was uh he was uh like on the on the first power play with Ovechkin and of course you're going to get all those kind of all opportunities with Washington but he uh he filled a big need on that team when he uh, went on the run with them.
1: Well he's a big part of that that cup winning team and honestly i was a little surprised at the the retirement you know he's not he's not the oldest guy you know. And no. I I thought maybe you know you see guys like that like ah, maybe i got one more year i still got a couple more years left to give something to a team that maybe could be challenging you know if he wants to take another run at a, another cup. But you know he's he's earned it. He's earned that retirement. He's got a good career. He won a cup, you know.
0: And he's foregoing to five point seven five million. He had one year left on that contract, so he's forfeiting the money owed to him. So, um, you know, I, I this feel this feels like it was a family decision, and he wants to spend time with his family. I think with with COVID and everything too, I'm sure that played some sort of a part into it. So. Um, but Matt a uh, solid career Stanley Cup champion and uh, a good way to end it when you can end it on your own terms uh, also in Flyers news goalie Brian Elliott re-upping for a one year 1.5 million dollar contract uh, pretty not not bad season 16 7 and 4 with a uh, .899 save percentage and a you know minus 8.02 goals against above average through 31 games and uh, you know just a, a good backup goaltender to Carter Hart 35 years of age and uh, just a good vet to have on the team and if something ever were to happen to Carter Hart they can have a guy who they can rely upon to go in and fill in for a 10-15 game stretch
1: exactly it's just that because it all depends on the development of Carter Hart like how he comes into this season you know we've seen him be an absolute stud um so like like it's just about how he develops and continues and if if you like you said if Carter Hart were to get hurt
0: or maybe he goes through a really bad stretch you got Brian Elliott there uh, a couple of quick other news. Dallas Stars re-signing Andre Sekara or Sekara. How how do you pronounce it, Nelson? I think it's, it's Sekera. I think it's Sekera. Yeah. I've, I've always messed that one up. Because they're one of those names where you hear it on broadcast and they say uh Sekera, and then they they understand that that's not the way you pronounce it. So they got to switch it afterwards. <laughs> so Andre Sekara, two-year deal, uh 1.5 million annual cap. Um, not a big points guy, but his goal is uh he had a 2.04 expected goals against per 60, and that was like one of the best among the stars. So that's basically when he's on the ice, they don't give up goals. And that's what you want out of a defenseman. So uh good deal there. Uh Pittsburgh Penguins placing defenseman Jack Johnson on unconditional waivers for the purpose of a bio. Nelson, he was into year number. Th- he had he was he only finished two years of his 16.25 million dollar extension. He had three years left on that contract, and Pittsburgh's gonna be paying that out. I think 1.65 seven million dollars for the first two and then 1.9 uh for the final one but man i think when he signed that deal originally everyone was like why what are you doing like that Does i don't think that was ever a good deal that people thought of but I'm I'm sure him and his agent are happy right now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be getting paid for a little bit. And then, final small news note: uh, Jets uh, signed goaltender Lauren Brossois to a one-year, one-point-five million-dollar contract. He's going to be the backup to Connor Hellebuck. Twenty-seven years old, started 15 games for the team, had a point uh, 0. zero or a point eight nine five save percentage and a three-point-two eight goals against average. Holy smokes! A lot of small news stories going around. Um, but let's let's get to one of the bigger news stories, Nelson. And, uh, and, and I wanted you to get on this because this was a situation that we kind of talked about here at the studio a bunch. And, you know, it, this is going to be something that I think we're going to have to get used to seeing. We are going to be seeing a lot of teams cutting cap and trying to um, – trade players and get underneath it. And a lot of these teams have to do this with two goaltenders who they're trying to figure out. You know, there's a lot of these one a one B situations and you know, it was announced that the Vegas golden Knights locked up uh, Robin Leonard, it was widely speculated he was going to sign it, but the deal is official. Now it's a five-year deal averaging $5 million. And um, that kind of leaves Marc-Andre Fleury to be the, question mark what they're gonna what are they gonna do with him I've already said uh, Nelson on this podcast that I I have some destinations that I see him going to I think Calgary has always been a really good fit for him Edmonton's another team if they can find the cap for it but Minnesota now is another team that I think has emerged for for flurry but it's He's got two years left at seven million dollars. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how they're gonna what they how they're gonna go about this.
1: It's it's that contract. That I think I think Minnesota is a gr- is a great fit. You know, they obviously need someone like him. And but you know, is Vegas gonna retain any of that salary? Probably not. Maybe a little bit, if that. But no. I can't see that happening really. So they're gonna just try and look to get. Rid of that you know that well, two years that seven million dollar contract
0: and they're also in the rumor to be in the in the mix for Petrangelo so if, if they're going to take a swing at him like there's no way they can afford to to eat any cap from Flurry for the next little bit so they're going to try and I'm assuming find uh, a, a bidder for him that's going to be able to take on the entirety of the uh, of the deal I've said this before Nelson I want to get your thoughts on Flurry here I always feel like Marc-Andre Flurry has been the scapegoat for wherever he goes right he started in Pittsburgh he won two Stanley Cups, kind of won one and a half. Matt Murray comes over, and Matt Murray wins back-to-back cups. Flurry gets them through a series in the first year, and then the second year doesn't really get an opportunity. He gets dumped over to Vegas, or Vegas picks him up. And the first year they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, he's beloved by both teams. And now Robin Leonard comes in, and he's kind of the guy on the outs again. Like this is how I feel about it. What, what do you what do you feel Flurry in the way he's been treated? It's kind of perplexing because it's like everywhere he's
1: like gone like whether it's Pittsburgh or Vegas, it's like there always just seems to be another goalie that comes in and, and, and steals a spot. But when he's but we've seen him just be an absolute stud out there in playoffs and league seasons and all that stuff. He but you're right, he's kind of always the scapegoat. I don't understand it. You you see that with some players in all sports really. There's just Yeah. But one player like and and they're usually like pretty reliable and good, but for some reason fans, media, whatever
0: Love to make them the scapegoat. I think it's just easy for them to to pin it on a person and especially like, a goalie. It's especially the goalie. Like it can't be Mark Stone's fault. It can't be Pete DeBoer's fault. Like it's gotta be it's gotta be your backup goalie, right? Because his numbers weren't spectacular this year. But, you know, you gotta think some players adapted differently with COVID, right? Like they were off for two, three months mm-hmm. and then were thrown back into this high intensity playoff atmosphere. Some guys were able to thrive out of it for sure, but some guys, you know, didn't necessarily live up i'm pretty sure he played two games in the bubble mm-hmm. he was two and oh and i think his, his save percentage was above nine ten so it's not like he was horrible but uh, i i don't know i i see i see minnesota as being a real player for um for for flurry in this one but calgary i think calgary minnesota are my top two teams what do you think yeah i like i like the
1: calgary move too i, th- I think that one's
0: more lo- like it's just that contract well, I I also think too that Calgary was rumored to be in the sweepstakes for him when he was in Pittsburgh originally. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the Calgary, you know, with you know with uh, with Cam Talbot being off, and I just I don't think they trust Dave Rittich all that much. That I think that flurry to them makes a lot of sense, and they can probably send over you know a smaller contract to kind of even it out. And mm-hmm. but you know who knows from that scenario. But yeah, I just I always feel him as like the scapegoat in every situation that he's always been in. But uh, but nevertheless, and, you know, as we see more and more of this, like I said, Nelson, I'm going to move on to the next one here. This is the domino effect. You know, you're going to see one team do it. And then all of a sudden, once the first team does it, Every team is going to start following suit. And, you know, funny enough, the team that had to go through this three years ago is in this very same situation. The Pittsburgh Penguins, well, they locked up goaltender Tristan Jari to a three-year contract. He's got an AAV of $3.5 million. And that leaves the guy that pushed Flurry out the door, Matt Murray, kind of in the wake of not knowing what's going to happen next. And, you know, there are rumors of him going to a, a few teams as well, including the uh, the Maple Leafs. It's it's that revolving door of Pittsburgh. Seriously, (laughs) man, it's
1: wild. It all depends on where one goes. I think that Flurry one will be the last to kind of sort out, just because of the high value in the contract. But it yeah, the Jari deal makes sense, obviously. as for Matt Murray, who who knows right now? I I like I'd like to see him in
0: Toronto. That is, but it's also if they if it's if they move the Freddie contract. Yeah, it, again, that's the domino effect, right? For one team to make the deal, they've got to do something else, and that's why I think this off is going to be just. I think it's going to be bonkers. Bananas. Like I think you're going to see a lot of crazy things. I think you're going to see the teams with a lot of money flex their muscles. And they're gonna really show, like, hey, like we can spend right up to the cap or go over it and dump some guys here, or put guys on long-term IR. And, you know, I think, you know, Toronto's one of those teams that has that ability to do so. I'm not, I'm not the, like the I'm not against Matt Murray, but I just I I've watched him play. Mm-hmm. And I if I were to choose even with the contracts included, I would take a year of Freddie over Matt Murray, in my opinion.
1: I I would too. I'd rather have Freddie for the last year, and and we we could lose him for nothing, you know, depending on how the season
0: goes. But I think there's that revolving door of, you know, you're going to hear the same three or four teams that are looking for a goaltender are are all going to be rumored to be in on on Matt Murray and Marc-Andre Fleury and Brayden Holpe and Corey Crawford and Jacob Jacob Markstrom. Like, that's another Mm -hmm. guy who Vancouver's got to figure out if they're going to pay him. And I was hearing, you know, if this were last year, and Markstrom put up the numbers that he made and he hit the open market. Like we'd be talking about Markstrom getting eight and a half, nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna get more than seven and a half. It's
1: everyone's everyone's looking to get deals now and maybe some teams are using the COVID thing, the flat cap as like an not an excuse but like as a more reason. But I think we're going to see a lot, you know, teams not, the players not get those kind of big contracts they were hoping for. Man, I think there's also
0: going to be a lot of late signings. Like guys aren't going to going to get signed right away on on July 1st or no, whatever the October 9th, whatever the date is. And I think teams are going to wait it out and sweat it out and see if these players are going to take less money because that's the world we live in now. Yep, that's how
1: you that's how you you know you play that game. You maybe you, you take it a little bit later and you you hope you can get these players for less money. If some are free agents, do you know, what are they going to do? They're going to say no if there's if it's the last day.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're going to really have that option. A lot of players, too, on these deals, you know, with COVID, you know, they they're going to need some sort of income because you know who knows how their their the rest of their family is doing, and if they're going to need to provide, you know, they they need some sort of contract to play. So that'll be uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how how that situation unfolds, especially with you know Penguins GM Jim Rutherford. He's not afraid to to go after what he wants and to offer. Maybe a little bit more than you were expecting, aka going back to the, the, the Leafs deal where they gave up a first and a prospect for Caspery Kaffan.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> He uh he makes some bold choices and I know their fans um, you know, he, they just love to slaughter him on a lot of those choices. And I I think, you know, I remember you and I talking about this, that when that deal happened for Caspery Kaeffan, it was like, man, it kinda of feels good to be on the right end of a a deal that seems a lot more favorable. Seriously. To us. Uh, you know, because we've been on the other side of those deals so many times as Leafs fans. So. Oh,
0: my God. Wait, wait, did you see the thing, too? There was like the, the Penguins draft picks or first round picks in the last 10 years. And I think there's two of them. They, <laughs> they have two of them. One of them they had to reacquire because they traded him away in Kapanen. I, I forget who the other one is, but they only have been able. They've only drafted twice in the first round in the last decade. And it's remarkable how you know reasonably competitive they've been with that. Uh, it helps when you have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang as your basically your staples for the better part of a decade, and you just have inter- interchangeable pieces that have come and gone and mm-hmm. helped you win Stanley Cups, but. Yeah, that'll be Pittsburgh's going to be a, an interesting team to watch because they're a team that's going to try and drop down below, uh, below, well below the cap. They're trying to get to like that seven and 70, 75 million dollar uh, number right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, another team that's, you know, going to be looking to try and uh, to try and get below that number two is a team that they're all up in shambles right now and it's it's not a knock on their fans it's not a knock on any success that they have had but just with the general manager situation and the you know attempt to go all in and coming up short you know this is a team that you know i don't think they really want to they don't you can't come off in certain situations looking desperate you know when you are if you are first messaging with with a you know with with a girl, or you're you're first trying to message with with a guy, and you're trying to get the flirty thing. You don't want to come off as desperate in those situations. Nope. And you know the Arizona Coyotes, rumored for weeks, were were pitching to Taylor Hall, and were doing everything in their power to try and retain Taylor Hall. And now reports are out, Nelson, that Arizona are shopping the negotiation rights for Taylor Hall. So basically what this is telling me, and this is according to TSN's Darren Drager, he's, he's, he's projected to be one of the top free agents this coming offseason. If you're another team and you see this news, right? You, you've been planning to sign Taylor Hall, but now you see Arizona's trying to send the rights, trying to give the teams an advantage. If you're a GM of another team, do you not just wait and just go, no, we're going to wait till he gets free agency. Like you're not giving, you're not going to give Arizona anything just to talk to the guy who might not even sign to your team exactly it doesn't
1: you know it's this shows that you know they're nowhere close Arizona feels no. maybe that they're it's just this isn't going to work um you know when they made that deal for Hall I thought it was kind of an odd fit but I get what they were doing at the time the Coyotes were kind of doing pretty well and you add Taylor Hall like it's going to be make your team better no matter what but I yeah I, I think if your other teams and especially you know I don't think he's going to get the money that he probably should or would get any other year like
0: like every other player but so I yeah just wait I mean, I liked the move when they did it. I thought it was, it was something that this organization has never done before. Like, they've never gone out and gotten a big free agent. They've never gotten a star player. And, you know, they kind of started it with the Phil Kessel trade, but you knew Phil Kessel was going to, regress a little bit or that he was going to digress because you know he was playing with Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby at times and he was putting up 40 bo- goal seasons in 85 points and you know you knew he wasn't going to get that caliber of play but he really um, you know regressed in terms of his numbers and Hall kind of did the same thing you know he had 16 goals 36 assists and just 65 games with the Coyotes and you know he won the Hart Trophy with, with New Jersey so I don't know if it's something in the water in Arizona, but that that team is going to be like they're talking about trading Oliver Ekman Larson. They're yep. trying to they're they're going to trade off Darcy Kemper, Taylor Hall. I I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Kessel's name comes up at some point too. Like I I don't know where this team is going.
1: It, it seems like they always. <laughs> You know, they get a little bit close, but they don't fully go for it. Go no. for it. Like I get the Hall signing, but it and then now they're back to like where they kinda always are. And they gave up draft picks and they gave up some good prospects.
0: Oh, I know. It's really uh, good prospects. It's 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 really tough because I, I remember when they they made the Western Conference Finals back in I believe it was twenty eleven and they were playing Detroit. They didn't win that series, but the building, the views from the building with all the fans absolutely rampacked there. Like, if that's a competitive team, like, people are going to come. Like, it's a team that he struggles to create revenue, but if you don't put the product on the ice, like they're not suckers like we are as Leaf fans, like mm-hmm. they're not going to show up to the to the games where you're in thirtieth place. Like they're not coming. There's other things to do. There's other sports franchises in Arizona, Toronto. You know the Leafs are kind of the mecca. Fans are showing up regardless. But if you put a good product on the ice, like fans are going to show up. They they've done it before, especially in those markets like Arizona where they
1: don't have like that really really really. Like, you know, long time, die, like Leafs fans are, no. you know, like you said, they'll show up whether we suck, whether we're good, whether we're in the <laughs> middle, it doesn't matter. Sell out every night. You know, Arizona, when you're a team like that, you they're going to show up when you're good and they're not going to show up when you're not good. So you have to be a lot more careful in terms of how you, you know, maneuver around and, and make your team.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I, I absolutely agree with that one. And, uh, you know, it's that's going to be a team that's, you know, a lot of teams are going to be calling Arizona trying to pick parts from them and, and try to, to, to help them out in terms of get to the cap. But there's a lot of teams in, in that scenario. And uh, you know, another team that for, for a long time that I, I have, I don't want to say I've been harsh on the goaltending, but also at the same time, I've never understood when they made this trade, but, uh, but, but San Jose and their goaltending situation just got a little bit better as they uh, acquired goaltender Devin Dubnik and a seventh round selection from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a fifth round pick in the same year. Um, you know dubick has got a cap hit of, of four point three three million dollars, and you know I think he's going to be a way better fit in San Jose than he was in, in Minnesota. But uh, the uh, the Martin Jones thing, you know, I've I've I thought he's been one of the he's one of the roughest goalies in the league for the past what two or three years now. We had one run with San Jose where they made like the. The, the second or third round of the postseason. But other than that, you know, I think that this is kind of a, um, this is kind of like a stopgap for Minnesota because I think that they're in the works to go get someone else afterwards because like Dubnik's not 24. He's 34 years of age.
1: Yeah, I... I... In the San Jose, they're kind of a team where like they've got like a lot of high end pieces there making big big money. Big you know, money. they're not really a contender anymore like they they'd be consistently in the mix everything. But and then the goal the goalie situation, I think it's actually a good move because like you said Jones, you know, is it the most reliable? He did have that one run yes, but the the Dubnik one it, it's a stopgap. For sure, yeah. But they, I think they kind of force their hands, and they don't want to get have another season where you know they're just getting lit up all year.
0: Yeah. So I mean, th- this will be. I, I honestly, man, I wouldn't be surprised if San Jose looks to move another one of their big deals, especially on the back end, like a guy like Mark Edward Vlasic or or Brett Burns, who are making a lot of money for a long time, and that team needs youth. That team needs some 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 different bodies in the locker room, and that's going to be. Another team, I feel, who's who's not done making significant deals, I feel, and uh, and and basically, this is the point of the episode today, is we're leading up to the 2020 NHL draft. That's kind of the big thing that we're going to focus on a little bit more here. And you know, I, I I said at the beginning, and I'll say it now, this is where madness happens, and expect the unexpected. You know, you're going to see teams keeping draft picks that you didn't think they would keep. You're going to see teams trading draft picks that you probably didn't think they were going to be moving. And the order of the draft goes, as we saw from the lottery, the New York Rangers select first LA Kings two, Ottawa senators, three Red Wings, four, and then back to Ottawa at five. Um, Nelson, I have the names here of some of the guys, and you're in the London area too. So you've kind of you understand a little bit of the you know the OHL and, and youth hockey, but you know, the some of the top names on the list. Obviously, Alexis Lafreniere is going to be a New York Ranger. Yep. There's no way around that. Lock. Uh, two and three have kind of gone back and forth a little bit. It's either been a combination of Quentin Byfield or Tim Stutzel from Mannheim. A lot of people talking about. Tim Stutzel possibly going over Byfield at that number two spot. Um, I've seen Quentin Byfield play. He's in the OHL. He's an OHL guy. I haven't seen Stutzel play live before, but after after Lafreniere, you kind of don't know what's going to happen.
1: I think teams are leaning more towards Stutzel. Because Byfield had a great year, but it, he didn't... There was, like, I think a time where, you know, and then he got moved at the OHL deadline. He didn't really show a whole lot after that. Like, I think it was even after the World Juniors. Yeah. You know, he had kind of high, high expectations. Um, young kid, though. So, you know, you can't always, you know, have these crazy high expectations no matter what. It's even if they are younger a than everybody. projected superstar. They're still, you know, kids. It's wild. Um, I think maybe that that didn't help his, his stock because... Great player, big, physical. Like he's got kind of everything, you know. And and I think he, I think right now Stutzel might be the pick, but I think in the future Byfield might develop a little better into a player that more teams would want.
0: Yeah, so he's so he's a year younger than Stutzel, Mm -hmm. but I I think that the word that they use with Quinton Byfield is raw. Right. He's only 17. He's six foot four at 17 years of age. Like he's at 17, big. dude, I was like 5'9, 5'10, maybe. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's, he's upwards of almost 180, 185 pounds. And it, it, it's not like he had an awful year, like 45 games. He had 32 goals, 50 assists for 82 points. Like he was like, it's a very good year. But I think a lot of people expected more mm-hmm. out of him. And I think that's what the problem is. I will say this, though, about Byfield. And we'll get into some of the other guys in just a little bit. I've seen articles, I've seen rumors talking about comparisons of Quinton Byfield to Evgeny Malkin and Anze Kopitar, and I need to pump the brakes on this one Hmm. because, as yes, you can project a player to be something. uh, Comparing Quinton Byfield to two players who are three-time and two-time Stanley Cup winners, Conn Smythe winners, guys who have led the league before, who are award winners with MVPs and, 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 and lady bings. And I just, I think you need to pump the brakes on that. Quinton Byfield could very well play out to a guy who ends up getting you 30, 35 goals and 65, 70 points a year. And maybe he does become a Malkin or a Kopitar. But I just think that already projecting him to do that is a little preemptive.
1: I totally agree. I think com- making big comparisons like that with teenagers is it doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't really like making compare. You could say, "Hold, oh, there's aspects of his game that remind me of." Like that's a better way. I like to word those. Kinds Absolutely. Of things. I don't like to say, "Oh, he he's like so and so" or anything like that. And I am a I. I really like the Byfield pick. So whether you get him at two or three, I think. God, I hope he doesn't no go ma- to Ottawa.
0: I really don't. I, th-
1: I, you know what? I think I think that's a a good fit for him. It but- is. A uh, really good fit for him, but he's i like the as a player like I like him one of the, one of my favorite players in in the o h l to like watch and see like and you just know you just see the ceiling for him i think being a little bit higher than Stutzler, just from what I've seen, i think once you know he he grows and everything just like every other junior player, I think his ceiling is a little bit more
0: valuable to more teams I think on top two, he's a centerman, right Le is a left winger Stutzla's a left winger. And you've got Byfield, who's, who's a lot more of a centerman. And I think that plays in a little bit more. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, as we go down the list, some other names. Uh, Jamie Drysdale is the, one of the top-ranked defensemen. Jake Sanderson, a guy who jumped all the way up. Uh, Cole Perfetti, a guy I'm super hyped on, and I know he's small, is Marco Rossi. So he's projected to be in like these, he's he's around the sixth ranked North American skater right now, five foot nine, only a buck 83. He is a centerman, but like, I'm going to read you these numbers in 56 games, 39 goals, 81 assists for 120 points. He might drop even further than that. I really like Marco Rossi.
1: I do too. Uh, he tore it up with Ottawa. Like we, I oh, so us good. being in London, like the, uh, they didn't beat London. Um, I think maybe they had an easy. You know, a lot of people will say the reason Ottawa had was so good and the points they had a little bit of an easier conference, a lot easier. Yep. Some people would say, and because when they would play, you know, some of the top teams in the West, the Londons, all that, they they wouldn't win, um, and you know, Rossi wouldn't put up those kind of points against those teams. Maybe that has something to do with it, though. But you're, right, he is small. So is Perfetti, but they're both still ranked pretty up high there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Cole Perfetti's uh, right in front of him at number five on the list. Marco Rossi, number six. Another guy I'm high on is Seth Jarvis. Now he played in the uh, WHL for the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, just another 5'10", 175. centerman, almost hundred point season. Um, you know, I just I I've seen all these guys back at like the prospects games, and I've I've done a little bit of research on them, and these are just these are we, we see these guys all the time, like the the Johnny Gaudreau's and the, you know, not to the same extent, but guys dropping in the draft. And, you know, Claude Giroux gets picked 24th or 23rd overall and ends up being the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I want to get more into the 14-15 range because obviously that's where the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be selecting. And, you know, a guy like Seth Jarvis could drop down there. Um, you know, another guy who could be dropping down there if we go to goaltenders is the guy that everyone's talking about who played over in uh, St. Petersburg, but um that's Yerslav Askarov. Um have you done a little bit of research on him? Do you know the name a little bit, Nelson? Yeah, I know the name. Um I think, like, like,
1: there's that 14, like you said, like you see those guys like uh, Goudreau and all them, that drop, those those kind of seem, especially lately in draft years, like the only real lock picks for superstars are really the one, two, and three. And you see a lot more of those players, like he was drafted 21st, 25th, 20th, whatever, even sometimes second round, you know. Those players seem to be more, because it's really hard to grade, you know. You can grade talent at that age, you just can't grade you know how they're gonna
0: pan out. Yeah, you can't you can't grade like their their ability to grow. You can't grade their their you know how their mind works, how driven they are. Like you can see how much they work out, but mentally, like what are they thinking? Right? And like those if, are some of the things.
1: If we learned anything this year, using that whole "oh he's too small" thing, oh he's going to lose draft spots because he's too small. Uh, Braden Point says <laughs> otherwise.
0: So. <laughs> Everyone passed on point at least once, unfortunately, and Tampa twice or once yeah. before they got him right. And now he's he was the runner up, I think, for the uh, for the Vesna Trophy. But I'm I'm super intrigued at the draft. I'm very I'm gonna I'm as much as I'm not a fan of them. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ottawa does because they've got the third overall pick, the fifth overall pick, and then the 28th overall pick. I can see them very much moving that fifth and that. And that uh, that twenty eighth overall pick.
1: I think I think seeing what they can get for that fifth will be good because I, I I think they'll get Byfield at three and that's a good fit for them and I'm I'm kind of I you know as a Leaf fan I don't want them to but you know I think I think that's a good spot for him to go and I think that's a good player that Ottawa
0: could use. I don't want them getting anybody.
1: You just want them blowing the. Draft. I want them to lose
0: their. I want them to lose their picks or something or I don't know. But they won't make those mistakes. Anymore. No, I don't think they will either. Um, but yeah, you know Toronto sitting at that fifteen spot. There's there's so many different names I can go about there. I'm
1: hoping they can move it. for Obviously for the right thing, the right piece back in return. Mm. Um, it's probably
0: looking more like they're going to have to draft, which know? I'm okay with. Like I don't need them to trade that pick away. Like you've got other like you've got other pieces that you can still trade. You've got, you know, other draft picks that they're not going to be using tonight that you can still move for guys. And if you package it with a couple of players and you can like there are still deals that can be made. It don't. It, I don't think it necessarily revolves around that that first round pick for Toronto.
1: And and we're gonna see crazy stuff happen, kind of out of nowhere. You know, right up until that draft is go. Even during it, right? Like we're gonna see. Oh, this happens. I think we're gonna get a few
0: surprises. Probably not a whole lot, but you never know, right? What if a bombshell just drops and it's like Markstrom gets traded and. <laughs> you know, like uh, Taylor Hall's rights get moved somewhere and Flurry goes to Toronto. Ro- like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, I can see, see so much craziness go on. I hope. <laughs> That's uh, it's going to keep me busy here on the uh, on the podcast. Um, and before you know, before we finish it off, I uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you because I think you, you have a fun story um, that I think a lot of people would want to hear. But there's um, there's going to be a lot of free agents ahead of this Friday that you know teams are going to be um, coveting and trying to get their their hands on. If there was a free agent, you know, a free agent or two that you would like Toronto to sign, you know who would who would be a guy that would be on your list? Well. Obvious,
1: the obvious one, obvious one, Petrangelo. But you know, and like we were seeing deals that, like, maybe St. Louis has offered him a, a good deal, but he wants more signing bonus money, which St. Louis doesn't do. The nope. Leafs are obviously very good at doing those kind of deals where they have the mount, they you know they have the money where they can give you a, a whole lot up front.
0: Yeah, no, and on top of that, you know, he would be a guy that obviously every team is coveting and, and trying to get to. But you know, there's a lot of other really good depth players. <laughs> That are in free agency. Toronto's in conversations right now with, you know, Wayne Simmons. I like and it. and that's a guy who I have so I made this so I talked about this last year during the the, you know, before the Stanley Cup run when when the trade deadline was happening. And Tampa Bay made two moves that I was I was going off on Twitter and, you know, me and my like 300 followers i don't have any followers on twitter but they were like i was saying that toronto should have gone out and and made a move to go get zach bogosian at a million dollars and go get kevin shattenkirk at what he made like 1.25 million dollars both guys big contributing parts to a team that needed that little extra bit to get over the hump and win a stanley cup and both of them go and, and go and do their thing in tampa
1: everything seemed to just fall into place for tampa like not not in, not saying that, like except for the Stamkos thing, but everything else in terms of signings and and players that they got at great deals. It's like everything fell into place. It was it was destined for them to win the
0: cup. Like they had Bogosian, they had Shattenkirk, maroon. They, they they had maroon. They traded for Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, and like every guy just seemed to fit so perfectly into place. And I just I think that they're slowly starting to. That's going to be you know like every year there's a trend. Of, of teams that you know they, they understand like they watch what successful teams do and then they go and copy it uh, onto their own team. I think now it's going to be finding those gems, those guys that make that 1 million or yep. that 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 entry level money or that that minimum and I you know Toronto's doing it right now. They signed a couple of guys to it and I think that's going to be a trend moving forward in the NHL.
1: Especially guys like Pat Maroon who had the cup experience literally one year
0: prior. Do you hear what he said too? He was on a he was on a radio show and he was talking about basically that's his role now is he goes to teams that are right at the point of getting over the hump. And then he helps them win a Stanley cup. Cause he's done it back to back years. And the radio hosts were out of Toronto and they're like, yeah, you know, and you could come play closer to home and, and help another team that's been struggling to get over the first round. And he goes, I like where your head's at. So if there's, well,
1: you know what that means?
0: He's <laughs> well, off to Colorado. Yeah, he's off to Colorado to win a Stanley cup. Oh my God. I know. Um, but yeah, so before we end this one and, you know, we'll see how all the draft unfolds tonight. But Nelson, uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about you because I feel like I introduced you and, you know, we work together here at, uh, at Chorus Entertainment in London. We have a we have we work together. We talk every day about about hockey yep. and, um, y- you know, you have a, you know, you have a kind of a, a fun story. You grew up in uh, in, in Oakville, Ontario. And you evidently went to the same high school as one John Tavares, captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit and how, uh, like, what was it like? Like, did he, did, was he a regular kid in school? Was he, was he there like half the time? Like, what was that like? Well, like, I'm not
1: going to say him and I were super close friends. We knew each other. We had classes together and yeah. all that stuff. And, and, uh, I think. Well, if you remember, he he got drafted to the OHL when like he would have been in grade nine. I think.
0: I think he was one of the first like exempt or like exceptional status yeah. players where he got, he was able to get drafted at fifteen or I don't think it was fourteen, but he was able to get drafted at fifteen. He was getting scouted at fourteen.
1: Exactly. So and he was already he had already been playing like a year or two up junior A like everything like way ahead of his age. Yeah. So I think I don't know if it was grade nine or grade ten when he got drafted. So I remember he, so once he went to the OHL in Oshawa, he would be gone for most of the school year and then Oshawa would never really get too far. Um, so he'd <laughs> be child. back second semester Okay. And come and uh, yeah, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember classes with the guy. I remember the funniest story I have is, is, is gym class. And uh, it was like, you know how every week you play like soccer one week, basketball the next we had ball hockey weeks. We played ball hockey all week, and everyone's like, "Oh, I want to be on John Tavares' team." Now there was a couple other guys in, my, like Casey Zizka, same high school as me. As oh well. yeah, um, there was a lot of good hockey players in our grade. Like n- not not myself, but like a lot of AAA guys, guys that went to the OHL. But you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I want to be on John's team." Well, the teacher comes in and makes him play goalie, <laughs> that's that is actually amazing. Hilarious. So they, they wouldn't you, let him play. Player firing, and he's hilariously enough
0: pretty good. I. Ugh. Of course he is because he's John Tavares and his uncle is like the all-time leader in goals in in the National Lacrosse League or whatever it so is. So that's like. the
1: other thing is we had a high school hockey team, but he I don't know if he could play for it. He didn't play for it uh, at least in the later years, um, but he he was allowed to play for the high school lacrosse team. And we actually had a really good lacrosse team, and and I think they went to like the offs. Tr- I think he got I don't know for sure. I think he even got like. Offset MVP or something like that in lacrosse. I don't think they won it, but he was still, like, the highest <laughs> scorer, it. you know, and he's a hockey guy. Like, he still was very, very good at lacrosse, too.
0: Like, they'd lose a game 12-10, and he'd have nine goals and an assist or something like that. He was, like, there was guys, like, he
1: wasn't even, like, a full-time lacrosse player anymore, like the, like some of the guys there. And he was still, like, just because he was such an elite athlete already and mentally, you know? Yeah. But... Yeah, he's a he's kind of like he is. You see, he was a quiet quiet guy, not really not really like a crazy, you know, but he he would have fun too and and joke around and stuff, like you know, as we all did when we were kids. So
0: No, of course. And I feel like that's, you know, that's his mentality. He's not the biggest. He's not the most outgoing dude, but he's just he's quiet. He's a leader on and off the ice and that's exactly why they made him captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's very always just very focused. Like I don't I don't know like if he was so focused on his like school or
0: anything. I mean, the guy was already, you know, he was destined to go to the show, I yeah, don't think, you I don't know, know, how
1: hard you want to try when you're Pretty much already
0: there <laughs> you knew it was uh it was it was gonna happen and uh you know before uh before we leave too you know the uh you know we we do a lot of work you know you do work uh with a, a local station here 980 cfpl with the uh, with the london knights and you know we've seen a lot of really great players come and go through this team and this past year you know there's going to be a couple of guys up in the draft um you know luca evangelista is one antonio strong is another and you know there's there's rumors of evangelista going as high as late first round mm-hmm. and Strange is going at some point in the late second early third like what do you i i think whoever gets antonio strong is getting is getting a steal of a player i agree his stock he is fell, so
1: good uh, his stock fell quite a bit mm-hmm. this season because maybe he didn't reach the expectations that people had because of the previous season but this kid probably the best skater You know, like, the way he could move his feet and shift his body, he's incredible. Like I said, he maybe didn't put up the points that he probably wanted to or that we expected him to, but that could be... I think even Evangelista, too, whereas, like, teams might take him and other teams were like, damn! Like we really want. We were really hoping to get that one later on too.
0: Yeah. No. I think Luke Evangelista is a guy who is like a coach's dream in mm-hmm. terms of he like he can fit up and down the lineup, and he's very adaptable, and he can play a different role. So if he needs to be a guy, so like his rookie year, and I think you knew this as well. His rookie year, he didn't score a goal. Yep. Went goalless the entire year. Year two rolls around, doesn't score for the first seven games. Finally pots one. It was instantaneous the moment he scored his entire demeanor went way through the roof he had like a 20 plus goal season
1: yeah (laughs) he got that weight off his back another oakville ontario yeah
0: another oakville ontario Um, boy you're right
1: yeah i think he he just get that first one in and then he kind of your confidence builds and as you kind of learn and adapt to the league more he's still a very young kid right yeah he just seemed to just be flying after that and he would go on streaks that were just like Crazy. I, I really like that pick. I think a lot of teams are hoping they get that, some, that he falls somewhere down
0: there. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, he, like, again, he's got a possibility of falling to the second round because his stock, he he did the opposite of what Antonio Strong just did his stock flew up through the up. roof because he started playing with Connor McMichael, who's a first round draft pick of yep. the Washington Capitals. And, you know, at times Liam Foody was on that line and they were going up and down where Strong's, you know, he'd have glimpses of it on the power play and he'd be putting up points, but then he'd be, you know, designated back onto the third line, sometimes the fourth line playing with rookies. And he'd still like chip in an assist or two um, when he has that opportunity. So I think, I think with Strong's, he's a little bit more of a project I feel. And if you can get him to play a little bit more of a, a complete game, then he's going to be a dangerous player. Oh, totally great man. You just like looking at he's naming all so those good, players. Man. What a sick team the Knights had
1: last year. Yeah. They uh they would Sucks have done they some didn't damage get to see the season out cuz that was that team was on fire.
0: Yeah, and they were doing it all with a rookie goalie too and uh who, and Brett Who Brochu. might I think he 7th round apparently.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I think a lot there's question because of his size. He's yeah. still a kid. He still might grow. Some kids grow late. Yeah. Um but what a, he just battles as a goalie. Yeah.
0: Like He's, he doesn't. He put up record numbers, you well, know, and he improved. I remember the first game I watched him. I was doing I was doing the uh, color commentary for an exhibition game, and Brochu played half of the game, and he looked little lost, right? He was, it was fresh for him. It was his first, I guess, real, you know, you know, his, his entry into the league and it was a, an exhibition game and probably a little nerves, but he was, um, he was very raw and his mechanics were just not there. And you just watched it week to week, month to month over the course of a season, his his entire game changed. His confidence grew. His stance was different. His ability to read the play grew and like, he was the most improved player by the end of the year. Easily. Oh. Unbelievable. Record what was it, record number of wins yep. and they still had more games to
1: play, so he would have
0: They set no sh- HL record for for most wins by a rookie goalie in one season.
1: And they had how many more games to play that he would have just added to that before yeah. the cancellation. I, I think they anything. had
0: like ten games left or something like that. But Yeah, I think I think he'll Jeez. no matter where he goes,
1: he's 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 really good. He'll obviously um be with the Knights again. Yeah. Um, still a young kid, still hopefully he grows a little bit. It's not, you know. You don't want to put too much stock in size and all that stuff because you never know. There's there's goalies who aren't you know the six four goalies that they they you know a lot of teams think and want, but he just battles. He just knows how to keep his head in the game. And like you said, he just got better every single week. So you kind of expect him to just keep going with that.
0: It's funny too because a lot of what we're saying now is is very reminiscent of what Anton Kudobin just did with Dallas. Five eleven goalie. I know a little bit older, but five eleven never gives up on a play level-headed, got better as the season went on, right? All those tangibles kind of kind of coming together. That's not a comparable to him, but I just mean like, shorter goalie, got overlooked, and almost won a cup. And so. I
1: think teams should put more stock in that mental fortitude, you know, where they're, they're more... 100%. You know, rather than, oh, he's 5'11", you know? He's not 6'2", which is, you know, what we... Or 6'4". I was going to say, whatever.
0: like, 6'3", 6'4 now is like the minimum that, that the teams are really looking yeah. at. Like, Askarov's 6'3".
1: And I hate when scouts are like, oh, no, we only draft 6-2 and above, so that rules them out. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's, there's, but we'll see. Like, he is still, you never know. Like, I, I know some people, they hit their growth spurt, like, maybe 20 even, like 19, yeah. 20, like.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there's late growth spurts for sure. So you never know. But uh, but nevertheless, that is going to be uh, the draft tonight is going to be a hell of a lot of fun, and I can't wait for it. And uh, you know, this was uh, this was a very different episode, getting getting to record at that studio here. So I'm glad it worked out, Nelson, that you were able to come on here and uh, and and join us here on Second Thoughts. Dude, I'm happy to do it anytime. Yeah, by all means, I'll be bringing you back on. We got well, if you're a fan of if if you need some some OHL insight or a little bit more Leaf talk, that's where uh, we'll come in and we'll uh, we'll open that up. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, man. Beautiful. All right. Well, episode 12. Crazy. We made it to episode 12 of Second Thoughts Podcast. Uh, make sure you stream along to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you would like to give us a review, if you'd like to rate five stars, by all means. But uh, we just appreciate you listening in here and follow along on Instagram and Twitter at the Second Thoughts P. Next episode, there's going to be a little bit more of a dive into the free agent pool. I actually had a listener send me a spreadsheet of the top 25 um as top 25 free agents, so we'll get into that a little bit later on. But this is um, this is it. Madness begins tonight. I can't wait. Until then, it's a wrap.